in Vigano Veritas, the Deep State Church, a conference by Liz Yore, given on November 11, 2018, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, at the Fatima Center's Army of Advocates Conference, on borrowed time, defending Catholic teaching on marriage and the family. This conference touches upon Archbishop Carlo Maria Viganò's exposure of a terrible scandal within our church, including the role of Cardinal Theodore McCarrick, Pope Francis, and some of its political implications and connections for a plan for a one-world government in a new world order. Great to be here today. I'm delighted to be with you and to speak to you about this Peronista papacy as it soon enters the sixth year. It's a curious exercise to address you in the same loving terms echoed by Pope Francis in 2018. So, great accusers, you calumners, you accusers who dirtied the church, you insulters, you slanderers, you rigid Christians who present yourself as perfect. There's no spirit of God in you. You who lack the spirit of liberty, you rigid rule enforcers who insist on perfect adherence to rules and doctrine. You bloggers who violate God's commandment not to bear false witness, lie or ruthlessly vilify others. You who reduce Jesus' teachings to a cold, harsh logic and a self-centered, elitist complacency bereft of true love. <sighs> All that love from the merciful Pope this year. So touching. Can't wait to hear what he has to say about you next year. After five years, it's apparent that faithful Catholics are living rent-free in Francis's head, not only in his head, but under his very thin skin. When the heavens send you a lightning bolt on the day of Pope Benedict's abdication, understand that this is an electrically heavenly charged message. Pay attention. Since that night, when lightning struck St. Peter's, the foundation of the Catholic Church has been shaken with nearly daily aftershocks in the Francis papacy as he promoted not the tenets of the Catholic faith, but the radical agenda of the globalists and their new world order with his curious and troubling collaborator, Ted McCarrick. Now we are beginning to learn the full extent of this hijacking and hijinks behind this papacy. On August 22, 2018, appropriately the Feast of the Queenship of Mary, a momentous day that will be heralded in the annals of church history, and in the bold spirit of St. Catherine of Siena and St. Peter Damien, a retired Italian cardinal, in a position to know all and to see all, dropped a spiritual bombshell, or in military parlance, a Moab, the mother of all bombs, on the Francis papacy. 
knowing the personal risks of truth-telling in the Church of Bergoglio, Archbishop Vigano stepped off the ledge without a safety net, confident that the truth would provide a soft landing in eternity. No one should doubt the validity of his allegations. They ring true, confirmed by eyewitnesses, validated by his own integrity and credibility, grounded in the facts, boldly asserted in spite of dire personal consequences. The three Vigano Testaments tore the temple veil in half with his stirring words of truth as he turned over the tables of the money changers, exposed the cabal of evildoers, and demanded resignation of the Pope. The conspiracy of silence, he called it. Secrets and scandals suppressed were now divulged. The covert machinations of the Jesuit junta were unmasked. The vile operatives were named and exposed. The power of the irrefutable truth stunned the Vatican and Pope into stonewalled silence. And we, the laity, were seized with a righteous indignation over the hierarchy's betrayal of the faith. The Vigano Verities confirmed our hunches, substantiated our greatest fears, and revealed the swamp here in the United States and in the Vatican. Someone, finally, at long last, bared the filth, the schemes, and the undercurrent of malevolence. Francis and his cabal of prelates are protecting sexual predators, silencing whistleblowers, and in the case of Cardinal Ted McCarrick, rehabilitating them with prestigious responsibilities. And at the final end of Vigano's statement, he demanded the resignation of Pope Francis. A pope that protects a child predator, the church's most notorious predator, protected by the pontiff, shame. To use a common political term, Vigano set out to drain the swamp. In fact, Vigano used that very term in his testimony. He said, if we truly want to free the church from the fetid swamp in which she has fallen, we must have the courage to tear down the culture of secrecy and publicly confess the truths that we have kept hidden. We must tear down the conspiracy of silence with bishops and priests who have protected themselves at the expense of the faithful. And immediately, the Pope and the Vatican, the Vatican media team, dug in as he imposed his tyrannical silence on the scandal. Imagine for a minute any CEO refusing to address detailed accusations of malfeasance and cover-up by himself and his leadership team. He would be forced out within a 24-hour news cycle. But the papal hubris and arrogance was on display, made all the worse by the fact that this scandal, this scandal is about the predatory sexual assault of a cardinal 
on young males and our dear seminarians. Watch carefully the clever media manipulation by the Pope to promote his cover-up. Watch carefully how a stonewalled and conspiracy of silence unfolds. How stupid do they think we are? Speaking to reporters traveling back to Rome with him from Dublin, Pope Francis said Archbishop Carlo Maria Villano's long document calling on him to resign is written in a way that people should be able to draw their own conclusions. Archbishop Vigano, the former nuncer to the United States, accused church officials, including Pope Francis, of failing to act on accusations of abuse of conscience and power by now Archbishop Theodore E. McCarrick. So, I read this morning that communication. I read and I sinceramente che devo dirvi questo a lei e a tutti coloro di voi che sono interessati leggete voi attentamente il comunicato e fate voi il vostro giudizio io non dirò una parola su questo I'll stop there seven words I will not say a word about this and if you watch Greg Burke's face he's like what is he going to say? But if that performance wasn't insulting enough for Catholics and abuse victims, along come the shock troops, as I call them, who feign ignorance over McCarrick's malevolence and criminality. Here are just a few of the shocked Catholic cardinals and priests pretending to hoodwink us into believing that this is all news to them. Cardinal Sipich, Cardinal Worrell, Colonel Dolan, and James Martin. I know nothing about Cardinal McCarrick. Not unlike... I see. <laughs> Sergeant Schultz in, in Hogan's Heroes. Just for good measure, they throw in a Vatican Church-produced video of another denial. Here's a brief clip from Cardinal Kevin Farrell, who lived with Cardinal McCarrick for seven years as an auxiliary bishop in Washington, D.C., as he unconvincingly tries to delude us, check out the halted speech, the shrugs, and most importantly, the total lack of outrage over McCarrick's crime. The only thing I can tell you about McCarrick is I was shocked, overwhelmed. I never heard any of this before. When the six years I was there with him, and I didn't know Cardinal McCarrick prior to his coming to Washington, D.C. I was a priest of Washington, D.C. Uh, I worked in the Chancery in Washington, and and never, no indication, none whatsoever. That's enough of that. By the way, um, Cardinal Farrell attempted another redo of that video because there was such outrage and guffaws over that defense of himself. It's as unbelievable, I'm shocked, I'm shocked, as 
this scene from Casablanca. But the bottom line is, in my opinion, you can't handle the truth. So the USCCB frantically heads to the Vatican after waiting a month for the Pope to respond for an appointment. And the UCC delegation is requesting an apostolic visitation to investigate McCarrick and his crime. And this is the only photograph that the Vatican releases. Gaffas among um, Cardinal O'Malley, Donardo, and Gomez. You know, this was, I think, the Vatican press office is very strategic in what they do. And frankly, as Catholics, and hoping that there would be an apostolic visitation, which is the only way to thoroughly investigate Cardinal McCarrick's crime. And this is what the Vatican has to say about American Catholics. Well, as we all know, the homosexual current was the phrase used time and time again by Archbishop Vigano to describe the infestation, the control, the promotion, protection, and dominance of homosexuals in the Vatican. And as we know, Farrell's pitiful performance was surpassed by the newly ordained Cardinal Blaise Supich, who warned that the Pope is not going to go down that rabbit hole. And as a result, it was very much, I think, a finger in the eye of the laities in response to the allegations about McCarrick. The homosexual current, those words used by Vigano, were in very important words to show the, the swamp that exists in the Vatican. And as you may recall, Cardinal Supich of my hometown, Chicago, said that the Pope has a bigger agenda. He's got to get on with other things, like talking about the environment and protecting migrants and carrying on the work of the church. We're not going down that rabbit hole. Newsflash, Cardinal Supich, no one is buying the global warming hoax perpetrated by the Pope's pals, Leo DiCaprio, that actor, and the Soros acolyte, Jeffrey Sachs. Oh, and by the way, the bishops also support the invasion force marching towards our border, which we all know is about money. And there is Supich's rabbit hole. Of course, there was a huge pushback when the rabbit hole comment was made. But it sounds to me that Archbishop Vigano, who described Supich as ostentatious, arrogant, insolent, blinded by his pro-gay ideology. Yes, some rabbit hole, Cardinal Supich, worry about your own violent rabbit hole, hell hole in Chicago. Join me, folks, today as we jump down the infamous rabbit hole and see, once again, confirmation of Vigano's assertions. The nativity scene. Open your eyes. The Vatican is not making a secret of it. It's on full display, an array of a rainbow colors. 
After that display, is it any wonder that there has been stone-cold silence in response to Vigano's charges of the homosexual current running throughout the Vatican? You may all recall Bella Dodd, the communist official, head of the Communist Party in the United States. In the 1930s, she was commissioned from Moscow to infiltrate the Catholic Church. Not only was she, but also around the world, in largely Catholic countries, they infiltrated the seminaries with homosexuals, communists. And her statement, I think, and keep this in mind, is the whole purpose was that these communists are working to bring about change in order that the Catholic Church would not be effective against communism. You will not recognize the Catholic Church. After that, those last slides, I think you'll have to agree that Bella Dodd was enormously successful. But ladies and gentlemen, the McCarrick scandal is not only a sexual one. The homosexual current, epitomized by Ted McCarrick and other prominent Vatican prelates, runs deep into leftist political waters, occupying bodies and souls, geopolitics, and immorality. McCarrick, the swamp creature, navigated freely, polluting both ecclesial waters and political waters. Mileage plus McCarrick, as I like to call it, never met a diplomatic junket he didn't love. And now, now we are learning why McCarrick spent so much time on airplanes and in seminaries. In this past week's Common Wheel magazine, Father Boniface Ramsey, a whistleblower, related a story that during one of McCarrick's many junkets, McCarrick met a handsome flight attendant. And lo and behold, McCarrick secured a spot for this handsome flight attendant in the seminary. Love at 30,000 feet. It gives new meaning to flying the friendly skies, doesn't it? But this exemplifies another tactic of the homosexual current. Not only do they groom, but they recruit into the priesthood. And Ted McCarrick was the Democratic diplomat's lackey. He officiated as the Democratic Party's junket junkie, globetrotting around the world for various leftist causes. My investigation into McCarrick uncovers not only the prelate predator, but also the global operator, the consummate lackey of the Democratic Party who provided a powerful Catholic voice to the Soros New World agenda and the Obama agenda, along with his Vatican comrade, Jorge Bergoglio. Mission accomplished, Belladad. The wait is over. Jorge Bergoglio, Pope Francis, is the one that they have been waiting for. Look at that smug smile, that Cheshire cat smile, on the face of Cardinal Godfrey's Daniels on the loggia on March 13, 2013. The St. Gallen Mafia had scored a big hit. The Freemasons had succeeded beyond their wildest dreams. And the day after Francis's election, the premier grandmaster Rafi of the P2, the powerful P2 Freemason Lodge, announced, with Pope Francis, 
Nothing will be as it was before. It is a clear choice of fraternity for a church of dialogue. That sounds familiar. Our hope is that the pontificate of Francis, the Pope who comes from the other end of the world, can mark the return of the church word instead of the church institution, promoting an open dialogue with the contemporary world, with believers and non-believers, following the springtime of Vatican II. Freemasons were celebrating openly, shockingly. The Freemasons, the avowed enemy of the Catholic Church, were celebrating the election of Bergoglio as Pope. And now we know why. Francis wasted no time deploying his ecclesial change agents who implemented his radical political and theological agenda in the words of the Freemason in an open dialogue. Using the prissy New Age linguistic lingo of encounter, accompaniment, dialogue, mercy, employing deceptive tactics like footnoting dogmatic changes, changing synod rules in midstream. The Bergoglio transformation was underway. But the Jesuit Bergoglio from the Argentine swamp of Juan Perón, his hero, sought global political power over spiritual, worldly prominence over religious clarity, tyrannical power instead of holiness. Masquerading under a veneer of mercy and humility, he planted his sting, I mean crozier, on the secular world of the deep state of the Democratic Party and their Soros treasure trove. They wasted no time implementing a New World Order agenda in the first four years of the Bergoglio papacy and in the last four years of the Obama presidency. And the timeline is very instructive with the rapid and momentous events unfolding within 60 days. Obama is inaugurated, Benedict abdicates, Bergoglio is elected pope, and off to the races. Notice those quick successions of events. And we know from Vigano that McCarrick is released from banishment and resurrected by Francis and immediately dispatched to China in June of 2013, despite being told by Vigano that McCarrick is a serial sexual predator. The critically important second term of Barack Obama is enormously bolstered by Bergoglio in the seat of Peter and by Cardinal McCarrick, the dear close friend of Vice President Joe Biden, as they collaborate to promote Obama's agenda, not the church's. McCarrick, now fully restored from Benedict banishment and fully operational as a roving diplomat, can be dispatched in a variety of high-level political deals, and so he was. Obama and his deep state need to pull off some high-stake 
diplomatic deals, who did he turn to? He turned to the Catholic Church and the Vatican to provide him with political cover for his radical political agenda of hope and change on the global stage. So enter Bergoglio and McCarrick and the Catholic change agents of the deep state church. The Obama and Clinton bureaucrats, along with their billionaire banker, George Soros, began as operatives to pull the strings of power in the government. As we know from WikiLeaks, Hillary's campaign manager, John Podesta, understood that the Catholic Church is the primary obstacle to world domination of the New World Order. A new Catholic spring, those were his words, was needed to transform and co-op the Catholic Church. The deep state has been uncovered and upended with the election of Trump to the utter fury of the Francis Papacy. But what is the deep state church? The deep state church was unveiled by Archbishop Vigano. It operates with a clandestine network of radical bishops, cardinals, clerics, Freemasons, communists, many homosexuals who all operated in secrecy during previous papacies, plotting to elect a radical prelate in the chair of Peter. With the election of Jorge Bergoglio, the deep state church, which we now know operated in the shadows as the St. Gallen Mafia, is now elevated to power, and they are plotting and carrying out their long-awaited modern transformation of the church. And they are wasting no time and are moving at lightning speed. McCarrick, the predator power broker, operated at the heart, at the heart of the homosexual current in the deep state Vatican and in the U.S., he wielded enormous power and influence, happily carrying out the orders of Obama and Clinton. My research uncovered that the Soros Brain Trust was quickly installed and embedded, and he embedded his operatives in the Francis Papacy to help promote the Soros UN climate change agenda. The Francis Papacy worked in lockstep with the Soros Open Society agenda, pushing climate change agenda, population control experts, a borderless wall, and the papal acquiescence to the massive, the massive Muslim refugee crisis in Europe. And all this while they were actively marginalizing and undermining the pro-life movement with an onslaught of population control supporters who were honored as Vatican experts. And they even drafted Vatican and papal documents. During the four years of the second Obama term, the deep state Vatican and the Obama administration worked hand in hand carrying out the globalist agenda. Soros billions flowed through the deep state of the Democratic Party, of Obama and Clinton. And in political terms, the Francis agenda, in my opinion, is indistinguishable from the second term of Barack Obama. They were political partners, Soros acolytes, wielding power and influence to promote 
the new world order of globalism. But we, the laity, were unaware that for decades, Ted McCarrick operated as the hub of the homosexual network and concurrently as the Catholic liaison and operative with the Democratic Party. He was the ultimate insider, a cleric with breathtaking clout and enormous political sway. When Mileage Plus McCarrick wasn't jumping on international junkets, he served as the Democratic Party elite's personal prelate. He married and buried the rich and the famous of D.C. Democratic aristocracy, calling the Kennedys, the Bidens, Tim Russert, Senator Patrick Leahy, Senator Dick Durbin as his friends. McCarrick even presided over the Arlington Cemetery burial of Senator Ted Kennedy, the funeral mass of Vice President Biden's son, and the funeral mass of NBC Meet the Press host Tim Russert. Vice President Biden was McCarrick's longtime friend, and when the Obama administration needed a useful Catholic idiot to provide political cover, Vice President Joe Biden picked up the phone and called his pal, Ted McCarrick. Here's just some of a few, and they're just thousands of pictures of McCarrick and his political celebrity. Here he is on Meet the Press, always was on Meet the Press as the spokesman in the Bush administration with his dear close friend, Bono. In fact, there's a clip from a Bono concert in Washington, D.C., where he stops and he goes, I want to say a shout-out to my close friend, Cardinal McCarrick, you know, from the stage. Bono and the Pope. Actually, this was just a few weeks ago with Bono, so we sort of have a crush on each other. Here is, you know, Motley Crue, um, Mahoney, Kennedy, Durbin, and Harry Reid in one of countless press conferences at the Hill where McCarrick was pushing the radical Democratic agenda. Here he is on NBC Nightly News, you know, the smooth-talking, funny Irish little leprechaun. Another press conference with Democrats, there he is. Again, with, um, and I thought it was interesting during the Kavanaugh hearings where they were demanding that both Leahy and uh, Durbin demanding more and more FBI background checks of Kavanaugh. We need to have a background check, you know, this guy, this predator. Later on, I'll show you why that was, you know, to me, very hypocritical. Here he is with New York uh, Mayor Bloomberg. You can see the power this man wielded for decades at the Red Mass in Washington, D.C. with the Supreme Court. Here he is talking to Christiane Ampour and CNN, thrilled, now we know why, that the first Latin American pope has been elected. He's been freed. Um, here's McCarrick at the Davos. You've probably all heard of Davos, where the rich and famous, the elite of the world attend. He, there is a Ted McCarrick speaking at the Davos in Switzerland. I call this like birds of a feather flock together. 
In 2000, President Clinton awarded Ted McCarrick the Eleanor Roosevelt Award for his diplomatic junkets. Clinton acknowledged that he sent McCarrick to a litany of countries. He has visited, Clinton says, more countries. He's more of a diplomat than he is an archbishop. And he listed the former Soviet Union, the Balkans, the um, Hurricane Mitch, uh, East Timor, Ethiopia, Burundi, Cuba, Haiti, Colombia. And then Clinton capped off this list in award with now the very creepy-sounding accolade, Archbishop, we want to thank you for your devotion to all God's children. Some devotion. And as Uncle Ted had access to political power, he solicited funds through various foundations, charities, rich widows, and boards. You may recall McCarrick's arrogant warning to his victim, James, who threatened that he was finally going to reveal McCarrick's abuse of him. And McCarrick said to James, no one will believe you. I am too powerful. Every predator needs extra cash, lots of it, to support his costly predation lifestyle and, if necessary, to buy silence. And McCarrick was no different. The utter insult, McCarrick was the Catholic face, the spokesman to the press of the clergy abuse scandal. And if you look back at videos during the 2000-2010 clergy abuse scandal, who's front and center? Ted McCarrick. He even went on Meet the Press to talk about the clergy abuse scandal. Never met a microphone that he didn't love. But with the second term of Obama underway and the election of Francis now complete, the work of the political global leftist truly kicked into gear. In four years, an astonishing array of accomplishments was achieved with the bitter enemies of the church, global rogue states, and the comrades of Belladad. And at the center of the Obama administration and the Vatican was none other than Ted McCarrick. Dateline Cuba. Covert operatives, none other than Ted McCarrick, and Pope Francis. Communist infiltration, the warning of Our Lady about Soviet Union and Russia spreading her airs. In the aftermath of his 2012 election, Obama authorized back-channel deals immediately with Cuba. This was one of his top goals. He wanted Cuba to have a detente with the United States. So in September of 2013, at the invitation of his good friend, Patrick Leahy, none other than Cardinal Ted McCarrick, found himself in the center of delicate diplomatic negotiations with the Castro government to normalize relations with the United States. There he was, the notorious predator, Ted McCarrick, in top-secret White House situation room, Drafting, I kid you not, drafting diplomatic letters, shuttling them between the White House, Cuba, and the Vatican. And he delivered something else to Barack Obama. He delivered to Barack Obama an indispensable ally in the Cuba secret negotiations. He delivered 
his old friend, Jorge Bergoglio, now Pope Francis. And Obama conducted his back-channel diplomacy with Cuba in total secrecy. People were shocked when the story was released. And McCarrick and the Vatican facilitated these secret negotiations over many months. Francis and McCarrick delivered on a silver platter that much-sought-after Obama goal of Cuba detente. And when the highly controversial deal was announced in December of 2014 to a shocked Cuban-American population, well, the comment among the White House staff was, well, if President Obama is criticized for this, he has the perfect excuse. The Pope asked me to do it. Interestingly, eight months later, Pope Francis would visit Cuba with what he thought would be a victory lap. Instead, his trip was strongly criticized in a scathing Washington Post op-ed. It stated, the Pope is spending four days in a country whose communist dictatorship has remained unrelenting in its repression of free speech, political dissent, and other human rights, despite a warming of relations with the Vatican and the United States. Dozens of dissidents were detained when they attempted to attend the open-air mass. They needn't bother. The Pope said nothing in his homily about their cause or even political freedom generally. This won't surprise you. The Pope of Mercy extends his mercy to the communist junta, but not the persecuted Catholics or human rights advocates in Cuba. They are putting in change that which would not be effective against the communist party. During the second Obama term, there's more. McCarrick and Francis continued to provide diplomatic assistance and public support for secret deals for Obama and Soros. After the Iran nuclear deal was made public on July 14th, a Vatican spokesman chirped in, the agreement on the Iranian nuclear program is viewed in a positive light by the Holy See. That very same day, timed perfectly, the head of the USCCB called on Congress to endorse the result of these intense negotiations because the alternative leads toward armed conflict, an outcome of profound concern to the church. This deal was so controversial that they never submitted it to the Congress. But these were all carefully coordinated statements coming out of the Catholic Church perfectly to applaud a largely secret deal which posed catastrophic consequences for the United States, Israel, and ultimately the world. And the Pope himself applauded the deal. Shortly thereafter, he welcomed Iranian President Rouhani to the Vatican. And in response, he said, the parties highlighted the importance of interreligious dialogue and the responsibility of religious communities in promoting reconciliation, tolerance, and peace. The curious and troubling alliance 
of the Francis Church in the Obama administration reveals a coordinated strategy to use the Catholic Church to advance the global New World Order objectives promoted by Obama and George Soros. And what what are those agenda? The normalization of relations between rogue communist states through the redistribution of wealth through climate change, the de-Christianization of Europe and America through Muslim migration, the destruction of the family through radical gender ideology, and a watering down of the Catholic faith to impose a one-world religion. With his slimy foot planted in both worlds, Ted McCarrick moved with ease, carrying out the political agenda of the globalists and the Democratic Party as the Catholic Church's ad hoc diplomat to communist and Muslim countries, posing as the charming Irish Uncle Ted, the self-proclaimed moderate prelate, steeped in breathtaking secular and global power, McCarrick exploited persons and opportunities for his selfish ends. He and Francis were wildly successful carrying out the Obama and Soros agenda. Perhaps, though, Francis's most destructive and diabolical deal with the devil is the detente with communist Chinese government and the Vatican. Francis acceded the power to appoint, the power to appoint bishops to the pro-death Communist Party in China. This monstrous deal and capitulation is going to haunt the church, I fear, for decades. And the sole opposition was 86-year-old Cardinal Zen, like a voice crying out in the wilderness. And as Our Lady predicted, Russia would spread her heirs. Just a, a slight array of photos from the various agreements detente with communist China, with Cuba, as well as with Russia. And isn't it interesting that the first place that Francis sent McCarrick after he rehabilitated him was to China. First place he sent him to on June 21st, and this was according to Archbishop Vigano, was to China. And he had been to China at least, I think about seven times, McCarrick had gone there over the course of his career. Initially, you know, when I heard this, I was wondering, why did they send him to China? Well, now we know, don't we? In September of 2018, Francis signed a deal with the Communist Party that would allow the Chaikoms, as I said, to pick bishops and really was throwing the underground Catholic Church that had been so faithful, throwing them under the bus prompting many people to say, is the Pope even Catholic? And this China, really what I call an uh, abomination, within just days of the Vatican Agreement, what happened? They started destroying churches. They started rounding up faithful bishops and putting them in gulags. Everything that Cardinal Zen had warned about has begun. And yet, where are the Catholic faithful? Where is the outrage is yet again another country of persecuted Christians whose cries fall silent. 
These are the goals of the Soros um, objective. He's stated them many times, create chaos with the massive refugee migration into Europe and America. We know that the Pope has been working hand and foot to make sure that that, that happens. In fact, these were his comments last week about the people in the caravan. They need to pile up. Of course, coming from 39-foot walls behind the Vatican. While millions of Christians in the Middle East were being butchered and displaced by Muslim marauders, Francis and McCarrick played nice with some of the most notorious Islamic organizations under the ruse of interfaith dialogue. Here again, the word dialogue. Again, millions of persecuted Christians, not unlike persecuted clergy abuse victims, were met by papal silence. In the interfaith dialogue, I call it the interfaith dialogue delusion. These are the articulated goals to destroy the Catholic Church, to co-opt the Catholic Church, and what has happened is that McCarrick, along with the Vatican, has cooperated fully in this interfaith dialogue delusion. Barack Obama calls this the most beautiful sound in the world, the call to prayer. McCarrick at an interfaith dialogue at Catholic University. Now, the interfaith dialogue idea was created by the violent Muslim Brotherhood, and the whole purpose was to undermine and infiltrate the Catholic Church. And as you will see here, you will see the comments by um, Pope Francis about Muslim violence, and repeatedly when there were terrorist attacks in the United States, Ted McCarrick immediately came to the microphone and defended the Muslim, Muslim violence and defend using the Catholic Church as political cover. What is especially curious and troubling is the way that Ted McCarrick was used by these Islamic organizations as propaganda, as justification of what they were doing as in the interfaith dialogue initiative. Look at this video. Muhammad, a true prophet of God. Catholic Cardinal Theodore McCarrick declares. Theodore McCarrick served as Archbishop of Washington, D.C. from 2001 to 2006 and was elevated to the Cardinalate in 2001. In Catholic theology, to be a prophet, to earn that title, one must be divinely inspired. To call Muhammad peace upon him, the prophet, as he does, is to claim that Muhammad is a true prophet, inspired by God. Catholic Cardinal Theodore McCarrick offered Islamic religious phrases and insisted that Islam shares foundational rules with Christianity during a September 10th press conference in Washington, D.C. 
in the name of God, the merciful and compassionate. Mukarak said as he introduced himself to the audience at a meeting, arranged by the Muslim Public Affairs Council. That praise of the Islamic deity is an important phrase in Islam, is found more than 100 times in the Quran, and is akin to the Catholic prayer, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Mukarak next claimed that, Catholic social teaching is based on the dignity of the human person. And as you study the Holy Quran, as you study Islam. Basically, this is what Muhammad the Prophet, peace be upon him, has been teaching. So instead of um, preaching the Catholic faith, evangelizing Catholicism, his plain footsie with Islam, with all the Muslim Brotherhood organizations in the United States. He gave fodder to them to promote the interfaith dialogue. And he was eagerly served as Obama's diplomatic at large. He traveled to Iran a number of times, to China, to Africa, to Armenia, to Haiti. Ted McCarrick did the bidding of Obama, Clinton, and Francis. McCarrick, the friend of Democrats, the Communists, the Muslim Brotherhood, and Jorge Bergoglio. The geopolitical, theological, spiritual, and personal damage of this monster is incalculable. From the moment that Jorge Bergoglio stepped out onto the loggia on March 13, 2013, he systematically collaborated with promoted the New World Agenda Order with the enemies of the Catholic Church. But backed by popular demand, the Catholic resistance is rising and is going to be given more hope because of the words, the bravery, and the courage of Archbishop Vigano. It's interesting to note that the folks in Chile, who were protesting the papal appointment of Bishop Barros. They stormed the Cathedral of St. Matthew's in Orsorno, Chile, protesting, writing letters, petitioning the Pope. And what did the Pope call them? He called them stupid. Remember? He said the, those people in Chile are stupid. They're being led around by the nose. And for three years, they persisted and protested. And they were right. Barros was a protector of predators. And finally, the Pope had to admit that they were right, and he removed Bishop Barros. But this is the kind of protest, the unrelenting fight to protect Holy Mother Church from bad bishops that we in the United States must continue to do. James Martin, who was um, speaking at Holy Name Cathedral, there was a big protest outside of Holy Name Cathedral. These are the kinds of things that we need to be doing. We are sheep no more. And here is the Catholic resistance that I promised, 2018 style.
Yeah, here come the thuds. Well, there is a sign for hope. And one of the things that we know is Vigano, the truth teller, haunts the Vatican. The most feared of whistleblowers, a man of integrity, uniquely suited to know and witness all the scandals unfolding. Yet the dictator of Vatican City will not deign to respond to Vigano's allegations. He can't because they are true. He will not respond to the dubia. He can't. It is truth. He will not respond to any of the scandals swirling around him and his malevolent papal courtiers because he is complicit and must step down. We, dear Catholics, are born into this era and preordained by God Almighty to be living in this tumultuous Bergoglio insurgency. Each one of us is marked with the chrism of confirmation as soldiers of Christ. Vigano is sounding the alarm, the battle cry, to rescue Holy Mother Church from its infestation of the muck of modernism and its fetid current of homosexuality and the sludge of conniving and corrupt prelates looking to modernize the church into a secular institution compatible and cooperative with the New World Order. A church hierarchy purposely silent in the face of global persecution of Christians and genocide of Christians, largely silent over the wholesale murder of unborn children, silent over the rape of young males, a church hierarchy silent and colluding with the pro-death Chinese communists, a church hierarchy silent on the Irish abortion referendum and the global murder of billions of unborn souls. Our suffering is nothing like the suffering of these precious boys who have been victimized. But here is my final plea to you. This is our fight as confirmed soldiers of Christ. Like the ordinary men and women and children in World War II, with no wealth, no military or investigative expertise, rose to the challenge, to the resistance, to the all-powerful, evil Nazi army. The resistance was composed of dedicated people, just like yourself. Like the French village baker who baked baguettes with stolen Nazi secret documents in them so they could be hidden and given to the Allies. Or the young children who hid maps of German troop movements in the crossbars of their bicycles, delivering them to the Allies. Or the German college students who distributed posters mocking the Nazis. Or the Catholic monks who secretly, by candlelight, created pristine, forged travel documents for hidden Nazi families, all for the resistance. They were the unsung heroes, capable of breathtaking acts of bravery, cunning, ingenuity, boldness, and tenacity. 
You are capable of similar feats of courage. You and only you will save the church from this fetid swamp with its homosexual current of predators and their protectors. We must shed our propriety and decorum like the Chilean faithful who swarmed or Sorno's cathedral in protest of Francis' appointment of Bishop Barros. We must pray for guidance, then act to save Holy Mother Church. Your voice must be heard. This battle will be ugly. It will be sustained at times discouraging and intense. After all, it has been prophesied by Our Lady that she will crush the head of the evil one. Folks, those are fighting words. Your acts of heroism may appear small, significant, unseen by others, but they will all be rewarded in heaven. We have all the weapons we need. We have the Vigano truth. We have the rosary, the sacraments, and our Blessed Mother. We need to first get down on our knees, and then we need to roll up our sleeves. But everyone, each of you must do your part. We can no longer sit on the sidelines. We must speak up. It is time to join the resistance. Thus far, the resistance has been waged by a ragtag bag of bloggers who are enduring poverty, papal derision, isolation, and persecution. And they are winning and will not be ignored. I see and hear the groundswell of holy resistance from all corners of the United States, from homeschooling moms, from deacons, from soldiers, from the young, from the elderly, from converts and reverts, and from our good holy priests. All are demanding that we restore Holy Mother Church to holiness, to purity, to charity, and to truth. There are no more excuses. We all must fight. And who are our clerical leaders? A 95-year-old retired Bishop Garcia from Corpus Christi, who's legally blind but writes daily and urges his flock to restore the church to sacredness. 77-year-old Archbishop Vigano, who's in hiding because of a tyrannical pope, but bravely sounding the alarm for truth and holiness to reign again in the church. And an 86-year-old retired Cardinal Zen, frail and weakened from years of battling the monstrous Chinese Communist Party. And with every ounce of energy left in his body, he fearlessly claims, without concern for his life, the evil of communism and the forgotten voice of the persecuted underground church. This is our moment, faithful Catholics. The Vigano Verities serve as a Catholic call to arms. Through the grace of God, the courage of Archbishop Vigano, the deep state church operatives, their strategies, their plots, their schemes have been unmasked. Make no mistake, they will continue to undermine the faith, to homosexualize the clergy, to bastardize the liturgy, to adulterate the dogma and corrupt our children. The enemy has occupied the Vatican. We cannot wait for another big enough. He may not appear. 
we must resist with every fiber of our faith and our fortitude. It was the Venerable Archbishop Fulton Sheen who said, Who is going to save our church? Not our bishops. It's up to you, the people. You have the minds and ears to save the church. Your mission is to see that your priests act like priests, your bishops act like bishops, and your religious act like religious. Take comfort in the inspiring words of St. Catherine. She spoke these words to Catholics about Holy Mother Church in the 14th century. This dear, venerable bride will endure forever. And if you tell me it seems that she is getting weak and cannot help herself, let alone her children, I tell you, it is not so. It may well seem that way from appearances. But look within, you will find strength, the strength there of which her enemy has none. You know well that God is the one who is strong, and all strength and power comes from him. St. Catherine continues, I beg you then, dearest brothers and sisters of Holy Church, for the love of Christ crucified, remain firm and steadfast in what you have begun. Let neither the devil move you nor certain people who are worse than devils. They have, in fact, taken on the devil's work. Don't give in to any fear of losing your peace or your stature. And don't be influenced by any threats that these devils might make. There is no need to be afraid. We hope you have enjoyed this presentation brought to you by the Fatima Center. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved. We invite you to visit our website www.fatima.org St. Peter Damien and Pope St. Gregory VII. Pray for us. Immaculate Heart of Mary, ora pro nobis.